Hello and welcome to Thinking Religion. I'm Thomas Whitley. And I'm Sam Harrelson. So are you gonna you gonna do it? I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Are you? I've got my yeah, I I have I have multiple alarms set so that I can do it. Okay, so what does Trinity think about this? Is she gonna be upset that you're gonna do it at three AM? No, no. Um I tried to convince her to get up with me and do it. Um but she didn't want to. <laughs> You know what happens, yeah. You know, as, as marriages get older, like the wife just right, doesn't want exactly. to get up and do it with you at three a.m. <laughs> I don't really know what's up with that. I know, I know. Yeah, I don't think we were at that point in our relationship. Yeah, I thought I'm. I'm really thinking about doing it too. And I, uh, I was thinking about this right before the show, and I, I realized last night our two year old got up three or four times. He's not been sleeping well because he's finishing his teething which is fantastic and he got up at 6 30 bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and uh emma had to go into work at like 7 30 so it was me and, and little man until you know nine o'clock uh and uh it was a rough morning and none of us slept very well and he was already kind of kind of punch drunk like he, he's gonna he's gonna be a handful when he has a couple of miller lights when he's like 12 <laughs> um so anyway, so I, I thought I, I'm totally gonna I'm totally gonna do it. I'm gonna set the alarm for for two forty five, and I'm gonna wake up and I'm just gonna see. I'm I'm gonna go on the Verizon site and see if I can place an order, um, and, and, while I'm punching up the, the uh, the app on the, on the iPhone, right. So I'm, I might do it just to see if I can get one because if you can, if you, if you can get an iPhone ten, and you can put it on on the old eBay, I think you can make a lot of money tonight. I see right. it as an investment opportunity. That's um, so. That's what I'm thinking too. I'm, if if I can get it shipped and get here, you know, if you're kind of in the first wave, uh, it's going to ship November third. Um, so if I get that, it'll definitely be here before Christmas, and I'll just throw it, you know throw it up on the internet and resell it and pay for that one, and then pay for the next one that I'll buy, and just have to you know I'll probably have to wait a couple months for the next one. For stocks to rebuild. Well, that's the thing. So if you don't if you don't get up and do it tonight, with your wife or without your wife, you're gonna to have to wait until, according to best estimates right now, um, Michio, gosh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, Apple analyst over in Taiwan, I believe. He uh, he's saying Q2, late Q2 of 2018. Oh wow. Yeah, because the OLED panels and OLED panels are hard to make. I just got a, a Google right. Pixel two last week. Already has burned in. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, you were all Team Pixel. <laughs> the hashtag. Um, I, I I'm an Android person. I'm I'm, I'm running Linux full time these days. I'm 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 bucking the trends. I'm I'm going back. I'm building my own stuff. I'm I'm uh, going to go out and cut down trees and heat our house with firewood. You know, like I just I do miss these days though of. of getting up and doing it at 3 a.m. Like, it, it used to be, like, a really big deal. Um, I know. Well, I actually went in person uh, for the 6 Plus, which I have now and I'm, and I'm still using, so that's the one I'll be replacing. So I've had it um, for quite a while. Um, but I went in person, and I was the first one in line at the store that I went to. And I went to a smaller store, you know, for that reason. Um, and I got the only 6 Plus that the store got in. They had a handful of sixes, and they got one six plus, and I got it. So yeah, I remember um, that, yeah, because I mean those were hard yeah. to get as well, because it was the first time right. there was a, a big iPhone. But you know, I was a grad student then, so you know, getting there at four or five in the morning wasn't that big of a deal. Um, you know, I have to be at work at eight, so I'm not going to go try to sit in a store. You know, sit in a parking lot from four o'clock in the morning. Stores don't open till eight or nine. Yeah, so I'm just going to try to order it online, and we'll. You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll order one either way, um, but ideally, I'm in the first wave and can get it uh, before Christmas. Throw that one back up, and then, you know, we'll just see what happens after that. I don't know. And for folks wondering, we're, of course, we're talking about the iPhone 10. Yes, a new iPhone just came out. The iPhone 8. This is the iPhone 10, and the iPhone 8 is like the lost iPhone. <laughs> it's, it's like the poor, I the poor iPhone that kind of came out that evidently is really amazing. But it's no the one's poor man's iPhone 10. <laughs> <sighs> uh, 
did did you see that Fox News thing where they said yes. uh, Coldplay yes. was was like the what was it? No, Radiohead no, was no, the no, poor no. man's Coldplay. Radiohead is the poor man's Coldplay. I I almost threw my my shoe or and or phone at the at the TV when I heard that. Anyway, because I keep Fox News on, and and immediately Twitter lit up. But uh, going back, yeah, so the iPhone eight did come out about a month ago, and evidently it's a it's an amazing device. It basically is iPhone seven S, but right. they made it the eight for some strange reason, and now we're getting the iPhone ten release, um, which is going to be a completely redesigned phone. It's beautiful. It, it does the Face ID thing, so you can turn yourself into a, a talking cat or robot. Uh, it's got an OLED panel. Unlock your phone with your face. Unlock your phone with your face, stuff, which, yeah. you know, depending on your <laughs> use case, might be scary and or, um, you know, a little, little weird privacy-wise. Uh, but the, the the whole concept is that this is the next iteration of iPhone, and this is what Steve Jobs would have wanted for the, you know, the 10, the, the X as it is. Terrible name, which I've said before. Because nobody knows. Everyone calls it the everybody iPhone X. Everybody says iPhone X. Everybody. Just I mean, like everybody says OS X. Exactly. OS <laughs> it's like, it's, it's OS 10. You're not going to win this battle. I know. I know. But that's why I'm on Team Pixel. Um, I'm an Android fan, but still, I, I mean, I've got an iPhone. I keep one for, for work because we have a number of clients and we do uh, iOS and Android development. Um, businesses, churches, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, you have to make sure that everything works so i have to especially with the notch <laughs> i have to buy an iphone yeah i mean that's the thing that that notch there's a notch at the top if you haven't seen if you haven't if you listen to the show you've seen the iphone x i'm yeah. sure right okay so the notch the notch bugs the hell out of me and i follow a lot of apple people on twitter and we we, we go back and forth in our little tech conversations and i'm on a couple of slack channels with you know like apple publications and stuff people trying to pass this off as some kind of new design language like that's that's freaking insane yeah like don't 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 try to make excuses for it it there's a notch there's a notch because they couldn't put it under the screen and it will go under the screen one day hopefully next year (laughs) hopefully yeah but you know that's my question is are they that close that they can actually get it done for next year's model the the you know the extra small i guess is what it will be we, we've right, heard this going because it'll be the it'll be the iphone x at 10s but it'll be xs it'll be extra i don't know no it's gonna um, be the 10.1 or something but we've heard this going back to i mean steve jobs uh with the ipod nano someone yeah. like back when it was like a, a click wheel thing which i loved right. i love the click wheel, not the metal back when that got scratched all the hell you know but right <laughs> the first nano that had a click wheel did not have video like you could play audio, but you can play video. And people said, "Oh, we want video on these." Like, you know, the the I forgot the competing brand. The, I don't think the Zune was out yet. But Steve Jobs famously said in a, in a Macworld speech, "People don't want to play video on a device this small, so we're not going to do that." The very right. next year, they had video on the screen. <laughs> the iPad, iPod Nano. Nano. Gosh, I can't talk. And it, it was great. Now I bought that one too, and that's the one that scratched all the hell. But it was a great great little device i watched all of lost on it um so i think the same thing's going to happen here where it's it's kind of that donald trump thing like i'm going to release all the jfk files i'm only going to release about 2000 files right well so i mean but my question is like we know they've been working on this technology the face what you know what is kind of the heart of the face id technology and trying to get it under the screen for a while and so my you know that's my my thought is um are they actually going to, are they really a year out from doing it or are they actually more than a year out? Um, and that's kind of why they went ahead and pushed this one out with the notch. You know, that's my thought because, because as I'm thinking about, you know, dropping a lot of money on this thing is, does it, if the next iteration is going to get rid of the notch and it's actually going to be the phone, the 10 should be, then do I try to wait for that? But I'm just not convinced that the next iteration I think you're at least two years out before they before the notch goes away. That's my thought. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. I mean, it, again, it, it really depends on the OLED technology and, and what they're trying to right. What they're trying to and do. I just, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm just trying to make this. You know, like a lot of people, I make the decision of do I need a new phone and do I want to get this? Do I want to hold out and wait for that? Um, and 
I'm I just can't wait two years for a new phone with with the six plus that I have now, which is I mean honestly it's been a great phone. It's the longest I've had any iPhone, um, and I I've been very very happy with it. But I, I can't believe you're still rocking that. I, I feel bad for my ten year old daughter who has a six plus. <laughs> but it's definitely time. I mean, I'm like, honey, I'll, I'll honey, say, heyday I mean, is playing so slowly on your phone. <laughs> like, do you yeah, want do you want my yeah, everything? I still have like one of the what like the original iPad Mini and. Um, mm. That is, it's crazy slow. Um, what, yeah. Did you so, put 11 on that? No, 11 wouldn't, uh, 10 wouldn't even go on it, I don't think. <laughs> Good, okay. I, I put 11 on my iPad Pro, and it, it has problems, so I can't imagine. I mean, every, uh, iOS 11 is causing lots of problems, evidently, but I, I'm just throwing some shade. Yeah. Yeah, because Android. Yeah. But, um, Hashtag burn in. <laughs> It, you don't even notice it if you don't look for it. Uh-huh. People just want to be outraged. We live in the age of outrage, you know, and, and everyone. But here's the difference. Here's wants, the difference. It's, you can actually see it as opposed to remember like the, oh, the six plus bends. <laughs> Evidently, this one bends too. Like, don't put it in your pocket. It's going to bend and yeah, all that. People who put phones in their back pockets, especially big phones where the phone like juts out two or three inches. People that do yeah. that are, are freaking monsters. And I'm looking at you, you women. So? I do that. I know you do that, and that's weird. Sometimes, so if I if I don't oh. have my mod with me, which I carry my mod most places, and so my my phone goes in the front pocket on my This Is Ground uh, mod. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, we need a link to that. So do you, do you put it in the in the front pocket on the outside? I'm holding my mod now. We have the same mod, or do you put it right? On the... Yes, I put it in the front pocket on the outside, and here's what well, generally. Occasionally, I put it on the phone in the phone pocket on the inside, but. It just takes so much longer to get to if it's on the inside. Yeah, I agree. And so putting it in the phone pocket on the outside, um, I can just you know pull it up a little bit, look at the notification that came in, see if I need to do anything, pull it out if I need to, slide it back in, um, and, and and you know it's kind of quick access, but it's also protected and it's not going to fall out or anything like that. That's exactly what I do, and it's it's surprisingly snug. Like it, I don't I don't ever feel like it's going to fall out in that front pocket. Right. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this, and no one's going to care about this, but except for us. And we should do a whole show one day on how we set up our mods because I think this would be fantastic. Maybe we could get on Instagram. Um, <laughs> what? All right, let me pull mine out. All right. So you said, well, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you something really important. All right, but I've, I've got an insert that you don't have. You've got the, do you have the pencil insert thing? I have the pencil insert. All right. So but are you carrying the express insert now? I've got the executive insert. Oh, the executive. Okay. Because, you know. The express is on my list. I think I'm going to get the express insert. I think that's really going to fit my needs well. That's the one with, like, the, the thing that folds out, right? No, I think it's the one that's smaller. That's what I mean, but it, like, fold, it like you can put a bunch of pins, basically. Oh, yeah, but it has, it is like, two pin slots and... Like one other thing, that's it. So it's it doesn't. I don't think it has a thing that folds out where you can put like you know fifteen pencils or something. Yeah, those those are silly. Um, what's going to ask you? Uh oh oh I know I know. Okay, so for people who are listening, this is great radio. But <laughs> go to the show notes and, and click the links, and and I'll put a picture of my mod. If, if Thomas will send a picture of his mod, we'll put in there too. These are um, these leather like kind of small briefcase. Man purses, yep. women purses. They're not. It's not gender based. No. Um. Anyway, so when I traded back to my Pixel, I gave up my AirPods, my Apple AirPods, and I went back to a pair of Beats X that I have, like the headphones. Mm-hmm. So I put those in the front. Um, oh, Google just released a new statement about the thingy. They're going to issue some software updates for my phone, so the Beats X go really well into the front, like phone pocket on the on the left side. Yeah. What do you do with the AirPods in the right, in the mod? Because I would just uh, throw them in there, and I was like, "What? What the hell do I do with this?" Right now, my AirPods don't go anywhere in the mod. They yeah. Go see? in my pocket. See. Yeah, and I, I, I honestly, I'm I'm one of those weird people. I, I wear the same pair of I have like five pairs of these, but I wear the same like Levi's five hundred one things. Right. Um. Every day. And I don't want anything in my pockets except for a knife and a flashlight. Right. And so I typically don't put things in my pocket. But what I do with the, with the AirPods, 
um, that if, if you don't know, if you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, Sam got rid of his AirPods by sending them to me. So, <laughs> you know, if you do a show with Sam for 10 years, then you get a lot of his tech hand-me-downs. Um, and so what I do is I, I pick it up, you know, I, when I get my briefcase and, um, you know, my mod and everything, uh, pick up the AirPods, slip it in my pocket, or, you know, just go to the car, pop the AirPods in while I'm driving in. Um, and then when I get to work, pop them in the case, and just throw the case on my desk, basically. If it needs a charge, I plug it in with a charger I've got there. And then, so basically, it doesn't stay in my pocket all day. It only does kind of when I'm going in and out, um, if that's it. But I, but I really need, the thing is, like, you can't just throw the AirPods in there in case your charge is down. you got to charge it. You need the case to charge it. Um, so I haven't found a good way, a good place to put the AirPods yet. Um so if anybody from This Is Ground is listening, that's something to consider. You know what they, they would fit well in is their, um, what is the one that they have that's a little triangle zip? I can't remember I've, the name I've got, of it. I've got one of those. Um, right. Yeah. I, I, I they would fit for well in there. But, I used to put that in there. I should, I should have sent that to you. But oh. then you still have to, you have to put that somewhere in your mod too, right? I so, just kept it in my, cause I, so I have a mod and then I have my oh shit bag because the world's going right. to end any moment. So I carry this uh, this bag from Maxpedition, which is like a... <laughs> I look like I'm going to Charlottesville with a tiki torch. <laughs> this bag, it's, it's got a don't tread on me. I was going to say, with your don't tread on me sticker. <laughs> I don't... Or a patch. It's a patch. It's it's a morale patch thing. And I've got Batman and a Nintendo um, controller patch. Um, so I, I kind of look... I kind of look boss, and and like I'm, I might be carrying a concealed firearm, but I also am nerdy, you know. That definitely gets all the all the ladies with, with, right, with that, that approach. Definitely gets <laughs> with my black shirt and Levi's five hundred ones yep. every day and Vans. So um, yeah, so I, I have this little green army bag, and inside of that is all my like, um, okay, when when Donald Trump releases Hell and Fury, um, I'm I'm gonna be able to get home and, and get get my kids. And, and get my wife and get out of Dodge. Um, and I pretty much take this bag with me everywhere. So that's where that little pouch always went. And, and I keep, yeah. right now I have like, uh, <laughs> I have can openers and a fire starter and some duct tape and all, you know, the, the little things you need to keep in your daily carry. Right, your everyday carry kit. Just in case. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a prepper. I like watching prepper YouTube videos. They're really fun. Yes, yes, he does. He's not exaggerating. He sends them to me. <laughs> just, just when it's like you know, attractive, regularly Swedish females doing prepper videos. You know, building igloos. Well, Sam and I are both uh, big fans of a, a, a actually really great uh, Swedish clothing company called Fjallraven, which uh, in Swedish means Arctic Fox. They have a fantastic Instagram that you should follow. That pretty much. Um, you know, once or twice a week has a picture of an Arctic fox, and it's often like little uh, fox cubs or whatever. Um, anyway, so, but Fjallraven has been making fantastic, amazing outdoor uh, gear and apparel for, for years. Um, and, you know, they're a Swedish company, so they're obviously, you know, they know how to make outdoor material, you know, outdoor gear. Um, this is not and, an ad, by the way, but if, if Fjallraven no, did it's one not. Of... Yeah, but if Fjallraven wants to, you know, send us some stuff. Or this is Ground and... or Maxpedition or whoever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, then, then by all means, do that. So it's typically, uh, it's a lot of people kind of showing their, their Fjallraven gear, like, oh, here's how I, you know, do the, here, here are the pants that I wear for, you know, this type of outing, and here are the... You know, here are the pants I wear for this type of outing. So there's a there's a lot of that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a nice brand. This so this is our uh, giving away free stuff show. And and this is when I, sh- I should remind people we don't have ads. We're, we're just telling you what we like because we're nice people and we like talking to each other once a week. And we just happen to record it. And you know what you should do? You should go to Patreon.com/slash/ThinkingReligion and give us five freaking dollars. That's all you have to do. I mean, we we contribute what. Let's see, an hour and a half, an hour a week. If you gave us money, we we would do an after show. So that would be an, an hour and a half a week. I mean, we're, we're talking in like five to eight hours a month here, of of you know quality, thought provoking, high quality uh, uh you know audio content. You you go to the movies, you you pay or you you get a movie off the off the Google Play, off the Amazon 
thing or the Apple TV, and you're going to pay five bucks for that. So anyway, PR revenue. Yeah, PR revenue exactly. <laughs> but you might have to ask forgiveness for it. We've got thousands of people today. listening to us, and very few people are giving us your money. Five bucks. Come on, five bucks a month. But that's so you know that's the that's the trend we're seeing, right? Um, that in a lot of areas of life, everybody kind of we just expect to get everything for free. Right. We expect to get our news for free. We expect to just get it all for free. We expect people to, you know, pave our roads and fix our potholes and we shouldn't have to pay for that. Um, that that's kind of the trend over the past well, it's for a while. But it, it seems to me that it's increasing that we just expect everything should be given away for free. And part of that is because a lot of content producers have been giving it away for free, particularly once we made the move to uh, to online publishing and things like that. Yeah. Or you rely on the advertising economy, which is going to collapse very quickly in the next year because of some cool things happening in the marketing advertising world, which is going to help. But people are, are kind of scared, especially in the podcasting side. Um, Apple is releasing basically the ability to tap into stats from iOS listening, which we've never had access to before. So all this Gimlet advertising and, and you know serial type podcast stuff that's going to go through a little bit of a, a crunch period because i know every time i open up overcast or pocket cast i like pocket cast every time i open up one of my podcast players and i look around in the hey what should you listen to section there's all these great looking podcasts like there, there's one about heaven's gate have you seen this oh gosh here i'll put it in the show notes okay so okay folks uh there's this podcast about heaven's gate and it's from Pineapple Street Media in, yeah, in conjunction with somebody. It's like a dual thing. And, and it's really interesting. And the guy actually uh, was a part of a cult himself. And, he, and he's ex- expounding about Heaven's Gate. And they're going back to the 70s and, like, looking at the whole history of it. But every, every damn 10 minutes, it's a, it's a you know, three-minute long ad about how great Audible is. Or how great Casper is. And you, you need to go get an internet mattress because you're listening to a podcast about Heaven's Gate that's only 40 minutes long. And it's like it's like watching Hulu when you still have the ads on <laughs> you know, or, or network TV. And I'm not knocking Casper. If you want to advertise with us, please. You know what, Casper? I have two Casper mattresses in my home. <laughs> Both were bought <laughs> with, with podcasts. And we've got the new Casper pillows, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you have a Casper mattress? No, we don't have Casper okay. mattress, but right. we do have the we have Casper pillows. So. Yeah, I bought it out of I bought these out of pocket. I haven't got the pillows, but I've heard they're awesome. Um, and there's a pillow company out there that they have like some kind of beans in their pillows or something. Anyway, um, but I mean the the show is really interesting, and I want to listen to it. But and and I never do this with my tech podcast. But I fast forward through the ads of the Heaven's Gate podcast link in the show notes. Because I don't want that to interrupt this amazing story about the Heaven's Gate cult in the 1990s when 39 people killed themselves because they thought they were angels going back to heaven. Right. Anyway. And I think that that's what, that's what people are going to be begin to find out and advertisers are going to begin to see when they start getting these detailed stats and realize people aren't listening to their ads yeah. and um, it's not worth you know that show maybe is not as worth their advertising dollars as they thought it was yeah exactly exactly i think that's going to be a real come to jesus moment for a lot of these things i mean gimlin has like 70 something people uh in in an office in brooklyn i mean that's that's insane for a a podcast company um i mean they so they do good stuff but like wow so so do you think we're we're kind of um in a podcast bubble that's about to bust i think because and I could go on and on about this and I'm not going to bore people who are here to hear about Jesus but (laughs) all three of you they left a long time ago (laughs) Jesus has left the building Um, you know they actually did that one like Elvis actually did leave the building and there was a PA announcement I was watching a Netflix documentary and, and the guy actually says like Elvis has left the building and that's what really started that uh, yeah, so basically with the advent of social media ads and being able to really drill down into things like Facebook and Twitter ads and that kind of stuff, there has been 
a lot of blowback against um, digital platforms that aren't completely and radically transparent. So even Google is having issues with things like AdWords. So we do a lot of AdWords work with big companies, um, you know, doing search marketing so that when you search for, you know, pair of shoes in Tallahassee, like I can hopefully influence your, your purchasing decision. And we can track that not just through AdWords, but we can track you going from there, maybe looking it up on a different website, maybe tracking it with your Instagram history saying like, oh, well, he likes, um, you know, that, that Winston guy from from uh, from Florida State. So, you know, the Facebook ad that he sees needs to tie into Florida State imagery and really emphasize those shoes that we want him to buy. And a lot of that's automated, but people don't realize how much they're being tracked and targeted on a kind of an algorithmic basic uh, basis. Like no one's tracking Thomas Whitley personally, maybe not. Um, but you know, you have a profile and we're able to come up with these really kind of incredibly fine tuned demographic, um, ads around your preferences. So when I look at something like Facebook or Twitter or Google, I see a completely and radically different experience than you see both content wise and advertising wise. So with something like podcasting, podcasting is very similar to what we used to have with TV and billboards where, or radio, where you're driving down the interstate, hopefully this many people see this ad. Or if I'm watching the 11 o'clock news, I kind of know that you know this demographic of people are watching the six o'clock news or the 11 o'clock news. Um, that's why you see so many pharmaceutical ads now on the six o'clock local news, because that's the demographic watching that, like people who were in kind of an older demographic who need to see pharmaceutical ads about heart disease or not being able to get a boner or whatever. And the, uh, the pushback against podcasting has always been, we don't actually know what's going on. We see the downloads. We can hear you talking about us. And that's why on Gimlet and on the Serial Podcast, all these podcasts, you, you, you actually have the host talking. It's not like, some, you know, pretty blonde, you know, whatever stereotypical person saying like, you really need to get a Casper mattress because Casper mattresses are really great. You know, it's it's the podcast host that's giving the ad because that's hopefully trying to make you feel more comfortable and right. Yeah, trustworthy. kind of natural reads. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, and it blends into the content, et cetera. Some, some podcasts don't do that, but they're just kind of plug and playing. So all that's to say... Um, for the last five years, that's that's been the big hurdle. So people like Ford and um, you know GM and, and and Monsanto and some of these larger companies have wanted to invest money into podcasts, and they've done so kind of in random sporadic moments. But it's it's mostly been the the Caspers and the Squarespace types who've really put a lot of money into podcasting, Mailchimp, because they they saw the the value and just kind of getting their name out there. But now that there's kind of a critical mass of that to move up to the next step, you've got to be able to provide the analytics that Ford wants to see or P&G wants to see if you're going to get a $500 million ad spend. So that's that's kind of the big the big kind of uh, tension right now in the podcasting world. I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to see like a, a collapse or anything, but I do think that people are going to see fewer kind of mass general shows and more niche shows as, as we move ahead. Which is what we have done and what we've been advocating for the whole time. So give us your damn money. Patreon.com. <laughs> right. That was all one big ad. See? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <sighs> no, I mean, and, and those that have been listening to the show for a while know that we kind of actively push against what we call the NPRification of podcasting. Um, because, I mean, like, Serial is great, but it's a radio show. It's a radio show. Yeah. And it's all, the, all, all those Gimlet shows. and Right. I mean... What was it? Pod Save America. Don't yeah. don't say pod. We we actually we had a listener write write us an email and say something about like uh, I like listening to your pod. I'm like don't don't you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I will not respect that. You stand down, <laughs> sir. That is not okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's punny. I guess. Um, no, they're, they're, it's I don't know. Positive. Anyway, I mean, yeah, it, yeah I mean, yeah. something interesting to think about. Obviously, I mean, you and I, our show is immune to that because we don't have a $500 million ad buy. No, we've got um, thousands of people listening. You know, they, they, they need to know what they're we have, getting into. 
Right. No, and I think that's right. I, I do think that the transparency is the key, and that that's definitely kind of where we've been uh, the whole time. But it, you know, it's interesting to think about. You know, there's so much great content being produced now, for sure. Um, I just don't think that it can keep up. It uh, is. It I, is. I think they're going to so begin hard, to realize. Yeah. Um, ad advertisers are going to begin to realize. Oh, this is not actually um, as good of a uh, investment as we thought it was. So we're going to pull back a little bit, and then you know, podcasting companies like Pineapple Street and Gimlet and Five by Five are going to realize, and you know, NPR are going to realize. Oh, we actually maybe need to invest a little less money in these shows. We, you know, have to lay a few people off and. Then well let's cut this show out and then well you can you can record and edit and produce and everything yourself right you don't need a producer and um, and I, I think that's how it happens slowly and, and the same I, thing I happened think that that's what we're gonna see yeah and the same thing happened with like the blog world we just right. didn't have the advertising back in the day but you had these rapid expansion of things like Gizmodo and Engadget on the tech blog side, TechCrunch even. I had a blog that I sold for a lot of money back in 2006 um, that was focused on tech and marketing. And it was on, you know, tech meme and all these big aggregator sites. And it did really well. I was the only writer, thankfully. And, and when I sold it, like, I was able to coast off of that for a little while. Like, it, it definitely paid my mortgage for many, many months. Um, but we're, we're seeing that same thing now. It's just everything's kind of amplified because we do see the transparency on things like Facebook ads and Twitter ad. Well, <laughs> unless you're Sputnik or, or Russia today on, on Twitter ads. Um, well, we're going to see more on Twitter, right? I mean, they've just announced, what is it yesterday or the day before Twitter announced that uh, for political ads, at least they're going to um, supposedly clearly identify that it's a political ad and identify who paid for it. Yeah. And today they said they're going to, they're going to uh, block Russia today and Sputnik and they're going to right. give all the money that they made from those ads to a charity or something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to get some pushback, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, I, I like to see – I think it's going to be a good thing for podcasting. So, I, I mean, I, I listen to a, a couple of shows that rely on this model compared to something like the advertising model. Um, and, and I give, you know, lots of – not lots of money. I give money to lots of different shows, I should say, on a monthly basis through Patreon and, and through PayPal and some other means. Because I, I, I do appreciate when shows kind of step up and do that. So, And this really is not an ad <laughs> asking you to give us money. I mean, yes, please go to patreon.com slash thinkingreligion. I, I feel like we're doing a, a, a freaking NPR segment. <laughs> it's, it's an NPR fall fun drive. So if you like the coffee mug with Sam and Thomas's face and the DVD of them playing... All you know, along that's the watchtower. Missing this whole time is good merch, <laughs> and we've we've actually, and those of you, that don't, I mean, nobody knows because these are all behind the scenes conversations. But we actually have had conversations in, um, in the past and not too distant past about about some merchandising, um, opportunities. But we've we've not really pulled the trigger on anything yet. But uh, maybe that's maybe that's the key. That maybe that's what we need. So so if you're out there and you're just jonesing for a coffee mug with our face on it, then uh, let us know, and we'll, we might make that happen. Thinking Thomas. I like it. Ah, anyway, so what's going on with you? How, how can we tie Jesus into this? That's a good question. How can we tie Jesus into So white, white people feel persecuted, according white to Pew. White people feel persecuted, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I obviously you, was you want to talk that's about. That's what I was... Um, kind of going off on this week. There's this there's this Pew study out. Um, it was from Pew, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, NPR, actually, and the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. That's who it was, not Pew. So basically there's a poll out that says um, more than half of white Americans, 55%, believe that um, there is discrimination against white people in the United States today. Which is, on the one hand, not very shocking after what we saw in November. Um, on the other hand, <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's like when you, when you hear, at, being a former middle school teacher in, a, in private education, 
in private schools, independent education, as we called it, to make ourselves feel better, we would hear people say, parents say things like, well, my 17-year-old son and or daughter who's white was going to get into Columbia, but um, they didn't, and they got bumped because they needed more black people or Asian people or his, you know. And I'm always like, I'm like, ah, what, what, what are you talking about? But yeah, I think I think it's a head scratcher to to ponder that notion. But then you look at what happened in Charlottesville. I mean, not just November with you know Trump, but I mean, there's some very angry white people out there, and they finally have not an excuse, but they finally have a feeling of validation that they can be angry out loud which is kind of what jeff flake was talking against i guess um but this is like you know i mean if you want to make comparisons it's it's like first century roman saying like oh we're being persecuted you know while they're getting fed grapes by judean slaves you know yeah so i mean the interesting one of the interesting things about this survey was that so apparently 55% of white people um, think that discrimination against whites exists. Um, but not that very many people, it was like 19% ha- say that they have been um, on the receiving end of discrimination against white people. So, you know, you have this this phenomenon where... Uh, a lot of people believe that a thing is happening even though they've never witnessed it and never themselves experienced it. Um, and, and you do hear a lot of this kind of anecdotal, uh, a lot of times it is tied to college admissions. I think that's uh, very common. Um, and then jobs as well. Yeah, jobs. And yeah. and so those are kind of the two main places where where you see it and and i have you know i i have a i had a thread on twitter about this because i was just kind of flabbergasted uh, about all the ways in which uh, other groups are discriminated against and white people are not um you know it's just kind of crazy if if you look at um our current congress the 115th congress is our most diverse congress ever it's still 81 percent white and that is a higher share of the u.s population than it should be Right. So so basically the idea here is that if, you know, the U.S. population will use this kind of, you know, thing you'd hear in elementary school a lot. If the U.S. population were 100 people, um, 62 uh, of those people would be white. So only 62 percent of the U.S. population is white. But um, so they're overrepresented in Congress because 81 percent of this Congress is white. And that's the most diverse Congress that we've ever had in the history of this country. Um there are only five African-American Fortune 500 CEOs, and that's there have only been 15, so five plus 10. There have only been 15 in the history of the Fortune 500. Um, but Thomas, and, that, that's know, meritocracy. You know, that's, that's, right, exactly. That's, and that's what you hear. Yeah. That's what you hear. If you right? work well, hard, you can, you, can, you can be Warren Buffett, Thomas. All you have to do is work hard. Yeah. We're just, you know, we're, we're just going to pick the best candidates. Right, that's what you hear a lot, um, which is you know almost always cover for, um, well we pick white men, you know. Well, do you think that white men are always the best candidates? No, but just this particular white man happened to be the best candidate, right? I mean, that's what you, that's what you always hear. So I mean, but there's also you know there's data on that too with like callbacks for interviews, of how much um, more often white people receive callbacks than black people do. Um, so, and, and this is this is not because black people are just inherently less qualified because that's just not true. We know it's not true. Uh, we know the wealth income, or you know, the wealth gaps that exist between um, white people and black people. And we also know that that's not uh, like you say, okay, well, work harder, go to school, get a college degree, get a graduate degree, and then you'll, you know, you will fix that. But we also the data also shows that that doesn't work either. And so for people that have a college degree, the median wealth of white people is one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. The median wealth of black people with a college degree is twenty three thousand dollars. 
If you go to a graduate or professional degree, the median wealth of a white person is $293,000 and the median wealth of a black person is $84,000, right? So there are all these, you know, all these data points that we can go through to show that uh, there's continuously you know, systemic discrimination against uh, African-Americans in particular. Um, but we still have this really persistent myth that white people are being discriminated against. And, and you know, it it's this idea that a, like other people kind of getting equality is somehow taking something away from you. And, and I think that that's the mindset that a lot of people have. On the one hand, it is. It's taking one very, potentially trying to take one very important thing away, and that's power. Uh, but it's not taking any, you know, there's nobody taking our jobs. Um, there's nobody taking our college admissions. You know, your, you know, your white son or daughter who made, you know, C pluses in high school that didn't get into Columbia, did not get into Columbia because they needed more, you know, minorities. They didn't get into Columbia because they didn't do the work to get into Columbia. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of. I don't know. It's still it's still surprising to me. I mean, it, I know it's it's not. It shouldn't be. You know, we see this. We know that this is very real in the country for a significant portion, not not a majority of the country, but a significant portion of the country. Um, but it is still just kind of surprising to see it you know, this starkly. To see that fifty five percent of white people uh, believe that white people are discriminated against. Yeah, and and like you said, we saw that in November with with Trump. And Trump was elected largely because of this American white nationalism, American white male nationalism. Um, in John Kelly's book about it this week, when, when he when he talked about females being sacred, you know, like this this kind of uh, terrible um, kind of nativism about. We have to protect our own. Or, or today, I mean, uh, came out in the, or last night, I guess, in the New York Times, John Kelly, John Kelly, our chief of staff for the for the White House, said that I'm sorry, General John Kelly. I, I don't know. I know I shouldn't be questioning a four star Marine general, even though you know my, my cousin you know died in Afghanistan. Um, but I, I I get that you know he thinks that to protect the United States, we need to block all immigration. What, what did he say? We, we need between zero and one refugees coming into the United States each year. Was that the quote? And yeah, I mean, it came out last night in the New York Times. And it's like, holy crap, like you, <laughs> we are a country of refugees. We're it, the Statue of freaking Liberty is there because of this. Like what, what, why, how did we get to this point? And it's angry old white people. I, I Sure, you know, you can look at the, the Milos and, and the, the Spencers and some of the, the younger Nazis out there who are young white males, but for the most part, their bases are, are is the NASCAR base. It's people 55 and, and older who predominantly live in the Midwest and the South and, and the Southwest who are nativist, you know? It, it's the what about us it's it's the know nothing party from the 1850s who want to throw out all the irish because they're bringing in lice and they're going to make our country poorer and they're taking our jobs and we're not able to have good manufacturing jobs because of all the hispanics coming in meanwhile i i think that that's one thing but then you've got to tie this back into jesus you've got the theology of trump with people like uh jeffries and Robert Jeffries and yeah, and Jerry Falwell Jr. and and Billy Graham or oh jeez. Um younger Graham. I'm blanking. Frank. Jeez, I should know that. Franklin Graham, who espoused this similar notion of we're American, we're white, we're males, we're we're cisgendered, so therefore we're gonna be saved and the rest of you like Pah. and if you if you dare tell us that we can't you know, do something like not sell a cake to a gay couple or or if, if you try to get married in this country in a different state away from us. But if you try to get married in this country and, and you 
are a male and you like other males or you're a woman and you like other women or, or you don't even want to identify with the gender, like you're threatening my Christianity and my Christianity is what's going to save this country. So therefore, um, we, we need that protection. And, you know, Donald Trump is kind of like Cyrus. I don't like him, but he's going to he's going to save the Hebrew people. He's going to get us back to Jerusalem and he's going to rebuild the temple. And that theology to me, uh, politics aside, the theology to me is what is so, 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 so scary because all of a sudden people are enabled to talk like that. Whereas 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I, I really do feel like if, if people would talk like any of those assholes talk about or talk today, um, they, they would be laughed at and they would lose their funding. But I mean, Liberty University is is basically like propelling this whole American theology bullshit onto our country in a way that we've never seen before. And it's really dangerous. And The Handmaid's Tale is not that far away when we talk like this. And we, we've got to be really careful, as Bob Corker and, and Flake have, have warned us, we've got to be really careful when we have someone in the White House who sits down at his lunch yesterday and he has white rice and two slices of cherry pie and a Diet Coke. Like, what a fucking weirdo. That's his lunch. Isn't that weird? But but when he sits down and he, and he eats that and he talks the way he talks and, and he enables these angry white people who see the world changing, who see the climate changing, who see theology changing, who see conceptions of everything that they've held true because they were the, quote, greatest generation changing – and, and they're fighting against that, and they're holding tooth and nail to that, and it makes me angry, and uh, that's my rant. Stop stop being angry, old white people. It's going to be okay. And just because you have Facebook doesn't mean that you get to ruin the world for the rest of us, because you're going to die sooner than we do. <laughs> so, like, let's all work together, and let's figure out a better path. Because this white nativism thing, we tried it once. 1930s in Germany, it didn't work out so well. And you know what? Americans went over and kicked their butts and we won the war. We've done that. So let's not do that here because that's exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think that there's a way in which what we're seeing now is not really that new in this country, right? I mean, to a large degree, um, the foundations of our country are built on three fifths of a man. Um, yeah. Right. Three fifth, you know, um, African Americans being three fifths of a man. And even before that, you know, you have European colonialism, um, kind of anti native Americans, you know, slaughtering native Americans and, and, um, stealing their land and be like, Oh, that's cute. Y'all don't have a flag. We have a flag. So we own this land now. Um, <laughs> and so there's, yeah, right. We haven't really, we haven't completely gotten away from that. I mean, that is, you know, it is, it is our legacy, but it's what happens is, um, you know, so I think I've heard people say, you know, it's no longer Jim Crow. It's, you know, uh, James Crow, you know, the third Esquire or something like that. <laughs> um, but it, right. So it, it's kind of more polished now. Um, and, and, and it's a lot more subtle now. You know, we also see, you know, talking about the wealth gap, one of the ways that you get that, is because where where most people have their wealth is in their homes, right? Uh, that's where the vast majority of Americans have their wealth. And um, that's great. You go to the bank and you say, I want to get a loan for this house. And generally you can, you know, if you've got the income and, and we're not in this, you know, crazy, we're going to sell you loans that don't really do what we tell you they're going to do, you know, stuff, then you'll get a loan and you can buy the house. Uh, the problem is um, that we had all these redlining practices where, um, consistently, uh, non-white people would not be able to get loans for certain parts of town. And so they continue to be gathered in certain parts of town. And then, um, you have those parts of town appraised less because they're, you know, uh, poorer parts of town. And also they're seen as poorer parts of town because they're predominantly black and not predominantly white. And so it's this kind of, um, recurring cycle. And so for instance, if you had a grandparent who wasn't able to um, buy a house, you know, 50 years ago, then think about how that affects your family's wealth down to your generation. 
but it's not that it just happened 50 years ago. It's that it's continuing to happen now. I mean, there was just, you know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, a, a large bank was busted for, a, you know, kind of egregious redlining practices. So, but what we, so, so my point here is that this is continuing to go on. Um, and that in a lot of ways, um, kind of white supremacy is um, woven into the fabric of this country. And, and that's what we have to strive so hard against. Uh, and and, and we, we have made progress, absolutely. We have made great progress, but we have a long way to go. And, and I think that you're absolutely right that the kind of more public marrying of uh, white nationalism and, and certain strands of um, kind of American Christian theology uh, makes that even more dangerous, I, I think. And, and it's not that this is brand new within American Christianity, but it, it has it has um, been emboldened uh, with the with the rise and the election of, of Trump in in certain corners. And and I do think that, that that that's dangerous, not just for what we're experiencing now, because it is, but also because of what a lot of young people in those churches are learning. I mean, Liberty is the largest evangelical university in the world. Most of that is online, but nonetheless, I mean, think about how many people are being touched with Liberty's message. Uh, and, and that is, you know, whatever you think of kind of general conservative evangelicalism is one thing, but I do think that this mirroring of, um, you know, theology and white nationalism uh, is, is dangerous. I mean, this is why I'm, I mean, you know, we don't have time to get into all this, but yeah, I you know I definitely support those that are kneeling for the national anthem. I also support just not playing the national anthem at sporting events. Yeah, exactly. Like, why why do we need the national anthem at a NASCAR race? Right, and I also support um, not having flags in sanctuaries because <laughs> you know, which I know is like, whoa, Ooh, now hold on. we we need to have hold a whole on. show about that. I, um, I, 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 yeah, I think we have a whole show kind of completely. this kind of nationalism and patriotism uh, in the church. But, you know, that it's yeah, that that's a that's a fantastic place to stop and, and leave off, I think, because we, we do need to talk about that with the church and the state. And we, and we could go a whole another hour, don't you think? <laughs> we definitely could go a whole another hour, at least on that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and maybe maybe next week we'll talk about some of that and and um, kind of what's going on in the religious liberty realm right now, which is you know you and I've talked we've talked about it a lot on the show, and it's um, it's definitely kind of the next big battleground uh, where we're we're seeing a lot of this a lot of this play out. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you have questions or if you have thoughts about seeing the Christian flag, which bugs the bejesus out of me. Or the American flag in a sanctuary, like please, uh, please let me know. But also, um, if you'd like to help us out, you know, there's a place you can go: Patreon.com/slash/ThinkingReligion, uh, and and we'll definitely read your questions and thoughts on air. Uh, we we had a, a listener this week who supports the show. Ask us about beard oil, and 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 we um, we replied to that person and, and gave them some we good. Gladly obliged. <laughs> You actually want us to talk about? Oh, oh we're, we're going to fill up your DMs. She, she, well, this person slid into our DMs with a, a great question about that, and we we replied back. And I thought that was a great conversation about beard oil. So anyway, that that's a kind of the value add you get by helping us out. <laughs> you don't get this anywhere else. No. You know it. Um, as always, um, you can follow us on Twitter. Sam's at Sam Harrelson. I'm at Thomas Whitley. Uh, if you follow us, don't just be a creeper. Say hey. Say you listen to the show. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate the show. Whatever. But uh, you know, you know, get in conversation. Um, that that's that's what makes it fun. You know, building this kind of community and and building relationships. So follow us on Twitter at Sam Harrelson at Thomas Whitley, and you can always find this great podcast at Thinking.fm. <laughs>